You've tuned into the Bellingham Podcast for the week of November 21, 2021. This is episode 202. From that palindromic city by the Salish Sea, I am AJ Barsay. And straight out of 98226, not a palindrome, I am Chris Powell. On this episode, AJ and I are drying off after getting wet. We're going to talk about uh, recent events in Whatcom County and this region and uh, got another special advertiser joining us for this episode and a couple field tests in our new favorite segment, Rad or Sad, all that and more next on the Bellingham Podcast. Well, I see that you're out of your slickers and your wellies. How you doing? Chris, <laughs> you, you, like, you started to jump in. I was like, oh, are you going to cut me off? Okay, cool. No, cool. for the for the listeners uh, who aren't viewing what's going on, I raised the microphone closer to my mouth. Uh, no, I'm doing just fine. We had a we had a heck of a yeah uh, condition occur recently. Uh, let's talk about the the flooding and the rainfall that occurred and what happened in our Bellingham, Whatcom County, this whole area. Well, all the way up to, to British Columbia. Yeah, that too. Uh, so, so in the news, um, and and many have, have reached out. I mean, friends and 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 listeners of the show alike. Uh, you know, the 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 condition that was called the atmospheric river, um, which basically, if you hadn't caught the news, um, pretty much everything from, I'll say, Marysville, all the way up to um, Squamish, British Columbia. Uh, a good chunk of the Cascadian region, we got, imagine a river, like a river the size of the Nooksack, falling out of the sky in a several hours, nonstop. It was, it was in, it was insane. Like we joke that the Pacific Northwest was, were wet. It's always rainy. It's always gray. This was water unlike anything I've, I think I've seen. Yeah, this was, I don't want to say biblical proportions. I am oh, yeah. not making light of this situation. No. It, it was a tragedy for so many residents so many people uh so much of our infrastructure there were roads that were <clears throat> that you know got destructed destroyed yeah uh, as a result there's a lot of repairs going on vehicles with water damage are now a thing and uh yeah this is this is a really tough situation for this county to go through no i've, I've got several friends where not even base i mean I've, I've got several friends with like feet of water in their basement but even even up to like the first floor of some some first like single story rambler type places you know you've got several inches of water like as if a hurricane had come in um i have another friend where their vehicles just in their parking lot in like a, a townhouse apartment complex area you know how a lot of them you drive up and over to go down a little bit well think about that that's just a big well yep their vehicles literally the water was up to the roof of the vehicles they're yeah, destroyed. It's it's uh, yeah. We're we're all in this together uh, in in the effort. Uh, I do want to give some props from what you know. There's a whole lot of headlines, a whole lot of news stories yeah. talking about this. I want to make mention at least in one aspect. Up in the northern part of Whatcom County, there is Sumas, uh, a border town, if you will. And they got um, cut off pretty bad. They got cut off. Everson, there's a whole lot of flooding, but the town of Linden, uh, north on uh, you know Guide Meridian, I'll talk about that in a little bit. Uh, Linden had a whole lot of flooding occur in a lot of residential areas. North County Christ the King Church did an outstanding job of providing shelter uh, for a lot of displaced folks. folks. And the amount of community donations of food and other uh, items, I, it's, it's really... Um, I, props. I, I, I want to give props, a special mention to at least North County Christ the King Church for opening the doors to be able to help with a 
uh, a minor catastrophe of what happened. Uh, you know, when we had the heat dome this summer, that was we we heard the the warnings in the for, in the weather forecast. Yeah, and when to you know to beat the heat, you there was a run on fans and air conditioning units and things like that. How could we have a run on something other than boots? sand? So sand, I, yeah. I helped uh, our our neighbor. Uh-huh. Uh, you know he he needed some sandbags, and of course this was during the work week. You know the first minute that we could duck out and yeah. out of work to to go and get a couple of sand. There was no sand to be had in all of Whatcom County. I literally helped him get the last two sandbags that could be purchased at any like from from as far south as hardware sales all the way north to um home depot like there was there was a run on sand i had talked to hardware sales and they said that by i think it was 9 30 that morning everything that they had that was sandbags tube sand masonry sand gone yeah you know and put to use yeah so yeah if they're i mean this isn't quite in the rear view mirror Oh no, we still, have, we still have flooding. Oh yeah, but at least some a couple ideas that came to mind. Uh, should there be something like this in the future for folks to keep in mind? If you if you are a renter, do you have renter's, renter's insurance? insurance? And no, we're not publicizing a particular insurance company, but just in general. I mean, throw a dart. Uh, you might be able to get a reasonable rate uh, for uh, uh, your stuff. Should something horrible like this occurs, or just the price, the price of getting a hotel, you know, yeah. when you're displaced, like something in something like this, you know, exactly along those lines. Do you have an escape route from your not an escape route, but do you have a route that bug you, out, bug out? Thank you, uh, that you can either stay with a friend who may be unaffected with where their home is, that just in case uh, you have a place to stay or at least some, somewhere to shower. Uh, and then speaking of uh, bug out, and this is not in the prepper. Uh, realm, but do you have adequate food uh, or and Stores. liquid? Yeah. yeah, for a couple of days because you know depending on access to roads, as we found out. Oh, by the way, Vancouver and Highway One was kind of cut off for a little bit. Well, I mean, it, there still is parts of it that I think Trans Canadian One is still gone. Yeah. Um, props to Canadian Search and Rescue mm-hmm. because I think for a while they're like uh, YVR was like separated from like everything from Fraser River up to YVR was basically just a flood zone it's it's something to have that i I, i've been having thought exercises yeah same here recently as far as the what if i don't live in what if but every now and then when you know you want to be able to have these thought exercises about what could happen and how would you respond what would you do yeah it's good to do that dress rehearsal should another instance like this occur so Um, but hey, with the Bellingham podcast, we're, we, we are with everyone and, and we certainly hope that uh, everyone is doing as good as they possibly can. Yeah, cheers. But we do have, uh, in lighter hearted news, we have a, a new sponsor for this episode. Oh my gosh, who is this sponsor this week, well, Chris? Well, la- last episode we talked about uh, an app for your uh, Oh, the phone. fine folks at Megaphone. That's right. But this week's sponsor is Cool AF, as the kids would say nowadays. Now, in this case... Autofocus? The, not quite. The oh. AF stands for Auto Flipper. Oh. Now, just in time for the holiday shopping season and your evening commute, the Auto Flipper easily mounts to the undercarriage of your vehicle. Oh, your undercarriage? Exactly. It doesn't matter if it's a smart car or a jacked up dually 
truck with a push of a button from your included handy dandy Bluetooth dongle in your car. The auto flipper will extend a three foot wide by 12 foot long spatula from the front of your vehicle and flip the car ahead of you out of your way. How hot wheels. Just like pancakes. Ah. Perfect for those grueling commutes to and from work. The auto flipper will make that trek to the office a breeze. Those days of showing up late to the office will be in the rear view mirror, pun intended. No more grumpy boss looking at their watch as you hang your head in sheepishness from a crowded rush hour as you head into the office late from their start time. Enjoy the warm greetings from your family when you return home on time with the auto flipper. You know, AJ, the question on many of our listeners' minds is, Chris, have you been flipped with the auto flipper? Well, not yet. I'm a conscientious driver. I use my left and right turn signals and go only five miles over the speed limit. But one time on a Saturday afternoon, I was following a Toyota Prius on the guide meridian headed towards Linden. That's State Route 539 if you're playing at home. When all of a sudden, a large truck with big wheels roared up behind me. It nearly hit me, you know. I, I guess I wasn't going as fast as they wanted me to be, so they sped in the other lane going north on Meridian and quickly lurched in front of this Prius ahead of me. Turns out... Even though the flags in the back of the truck bed were flapping proudly, I noticed the driver's hand stick out the window. Guess they wanted to wave in a, in a sorry for cutting you off fashion, but they forgot to include the other four fingers in their apology for the reckless driving. That commonly happens. It, it, it does happen. Gradually, more and more of these large trucks, all with loud mufflers, as it turns out, large tires and flags in the back waving in the breeze past me and the driver of the Prius, all cutting us off. Well, I happen to notice, AJ, that the Prius flip these trucks off the road. Oh. One by one, these jacked up trucks tumbling over the side of the road, just like a kid playing with matchbox cars or Hot Wheels, like you mentioned earlier. The auto flipper folks made that Prius's trip to Linden much more enjoyable, which with much less carbon monoxide inhalation from the plentiful exhaust fumes from those big trucks driving on the Guide Meridian. Hey, get your motor running and head out on the highway. Move those pesky vehicles out of your way with the auto flipper. Call 1-248-434-5508 within the next 72 hours, and they'll send not one, but two auto flippers directly to your door. Some assembly required. Check with your insurance company before installation. Check out thenewshiny.org for more information on how you can order the auto flipper this holiday season. Our thanks to the folks at Auto Flipper for sponsoring this show. <laughs> I believe they're a Pacific Northwest brand, aren't they? Uh, they are. Actually, I think they're based out of uh, Boise, Idaho. Oh, are they Boise, Idaho? Yeah, okay. local PNW style. Yeah. But well, I, I'm, I'm really glad that, uh, that uh, you know, you can find all that information on thenewshiny.org. But you know what is not in Boise, Idaho? Uh, well, Camry 102.3 FM here in Bellingham, Washington. Bellingham, Washington. Their, their, uh, their broadcast signal is still going strong. And on the internet, they are still at kmre.org. They're very sweet to be able to broadcast our episodes Saturdays at 3 p.m. Yep. We thank you, KMRE, for your continued uh, support of the Bellingham podcast. AJ! Chris! <laughs> okay, I'm back now. Um, <laughs> I'm, out of my, I'm out of my commercial pitchman mode. Uh, I, I believe you have t had some field tests of some items. I did. So kind of, kind of going over some other, uh, that EDC bit that we did last episode, there's some, a couple other things that I've been holding off on mentioning only because I wanted to run through a, uh, a few actual use cases. Um, big shock. Here's a bag. So Kavu, um, which is a Seattle based company, um, I recently bought one of their sling bags, which uh, if, you, if you don't recall, listeners, um, Kavu is the, a sling style bag, but where the strap that crosses your body would typically would just be like nylon or just a single color of fabric or whatnot. 
Kavu actually uses um, a cotton rope that is very reminiscent of carrying four um, strands of climber's rope. All right. So wearing it looks like you have basically your your climbing rope, you know, over you type of thing, or it's very reminiscent of it. K A V U. Yes, which I found out stands for clear with a K above visibility unlimited. I thought it was a television station personally, but I was incorrect. So I so I I've had one and I've been using it now in even in in the wet um, for the last two months and. I really like it, and but there I do have some some review some kind of critical reviews of it. Um, one, the way the sling is, you have to carry it across your body over your right shoulder. Just the nature of the ergonomics of the bag, not a deal breaker for me. But if you're if you tend to sling the other way, you won't be able to do it with a kavu um, unless you use their. They have a different bag that does do both shoulders, but the kavu rope sling. You know, it goes one one shoulder. The other thing is, is and I think I mentioned it in that episode, is typically kavu rope slings are kind of more marketed towards um, those that identify as female. I have one. I don't. I I see it as a bag, quite frankly, and it's a topographical print. It's in crisp proof black. Well, that's good enough for me then. But I mean, I don't. You know, if you if you see a wide variety of prints. That's kind of the strength. You can get it in various colors if you're not Chris Black, uh, Chris Powell Black approved, um, and they're kind of exclusive. Once they do a run, once they're end, once they are done with that print, it kind of goes into the archives or the vault. We'll talk about that later. But you know, there there's kind of a collector's um, community around Kavu bags because of the prints. So if you wanted to try one, um, because this is the other thing, if you're not if you're in the Bellingham area, you don't want to necessarily drive down to Seattle. They do have a store down in Seattle. Um, if you go to uh, just downtown to our own Backcountry Essentials on Holly Street, yeah, down on Holly Street um, near uh, Lake Bayou, yeah, Wild Buffalo in that area, yeah, love, I love that place. Um, they have lo- several different kinds of Kabu bags. Try them out, and I would encourage you to just check them out. Like I said, they're a great. They don't fit an iPad Pro. It's more. This is a very svelte, maybe five, six, seven, eight, nine liters. You know, these are very small slings, but would for, it fit, would it, if, to give people an idea, would that yeah. fit an iPad mini or yes. an iPad Air perhaps? No, you, you might be able to get an Air in there. Um, iPad mini easily with a Kindle. Like for me, like because I, I tend to walk from work to home now. So I basically have um, my second layer in case it <laughs> rains. Yes. I'll have a couple of tech do, bits and bobs and some gloves, a water bottle, and that's it. You know, it's a stripped down EDC. Yeah. I uh, like it. Yeah. So, I mean, I just want to throw that out because I, I mentioned it several episodes back and now I have one. So putting Very my cool. money where my mouth was. Absolutely. Yeah, totally. And speaking of uh, bags, I want to go back to something else like yeah. that. A little bit of housekeeping I wanted to make mention of last episode 201. We were talking about uh, some uh, my sling bag that I got from Chrome Industries. And you had made a comment, AJ. They're based in Portland, right? And naturally, not knowing the exact details of the thing, I talked out of my butt. And I wanted to make... Uh, amends for that. Chrome Industries, the fine makers of the sling bag that I currently have and many other fine bags and goods and uh, materials is based in Portland. They've had a long story. They've been in Denver. They've been in the Bay Area. They've been everywhere, man. Uh, but currently they're in Portland with a whole lot of retail stores all over the world. Mission Workshop, hi Luke, uh, is based in San Francisco. And so <clears throat> that is the clarification I wanted to make. AJ, once again, for the 200 second time you are right it was based in portland 
<laughs> I was taking a stab because last time we were down in Portland, I remember going to the store, so I thought they were just based there. There so. you go. But anyway, let's get to our new segment, shall we? Ah, uh, yes. Now it is time for my second favorite part of the show, which is Rad or Sad, where Chris Powell and I have a few things that we're going to surprise each other and find out whether they are rad or sad. <laughs> All right, I'll go first this time. Since you started first last episode, uh, State Street here in Bellingham, let's think about going westbound on State Street headed towards Fair. Fairhaven. Fairhaven. Okay. The, like from Chest, Chestnut Street to Fairhaven. Those residential development uh, buildings yes. and reconfiguring the roads from a two-lane road from how it was before with kind of parallel curbside parking to the angle parking, making it a one-lane road. Uh, AJ, rad or sad? Sad. Why is that? Well, okay. A few things. One, I don't, I, I don't understand on a one-way road um, where there's two lanes and you have the angled parking on one of the busiest thoroughfares uh, in Bellingham, having that parking arrangement right there and how we're not to expect to have more accidents, yeah. whether that is vehicle to vehicle or, you know, because there is also, a, I believe there's a bike lane on that that side. Like it just seems very claustrophobic. Hmm. Um, I can't tell you how many times where um, if you if you have a little car like my wife and you park by two big trucks and you back out behind that truck, by the time you get enough clearance so that you can see around the, the bumper that you are parked next to, you know, you are inching out hoping that you're not going to get clipped. Especially by someone who is not driving the speed limit. Let's be honest here. 25 miles an hour. Yep. Nah, they're going 35. Yeah. Just to be able to blast through that. I'm going to go with sad as well. While it's great that we have urban infill for accommodating the number of residents in Bellingham with housing, how this was set up. I, 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 I can hear the insurance adjusters in the, in the distance squeeing with delight at the amount of claims that are going to be had as future, you know, collisions occur, uh, on, on this both, you know, there's a little bit of a loop that you can kind of turn around and go on the other one way. I believe that would be forest. forest? Anyway, the, the, the other, the opposite the other, one yeah. way. It's another, lots of apartment buildings, lots of people with vehicles, lots of vehicular traffic. And oh, by the way, we have a bike lane. Good luck. Yeah. Um, so that's unfortunately, I'm going to go with sad on that one. AJ. Yeah. So a little bit of a primer. So I was listening to the Waveform podcast, which if you're not familiar with it, is hosted by Marquez, who is a amazing YouTuber. Uh, he goes by MKBHD, if you don't know who Marquez is. Uh, I've, I've followed him since early days. He usually covers tech and stuff very clear unbiased reviews and stuff so on waveform his podcast um him and his mates did a thousand mile ev road trip recap and they talked in just reality of if you have an ev and you just wanted to do a sporadic you know spontaneity let's go on a road trip because we just took off a couple of days let's go and what reality is like today with the infrastructure on having an ev and doing something spontaneous so, Chris, my question for rad or sad is electric vehicles today, rad or sad? I'm going to go against the grain while I think it's a wonderful idea. I'm going to go sad. Say, Why? Uh, it's sad because while electric vehicles will theoretically save us, you know, save our planet, uh, there's still the electricity costs. Yeah. And oh, by the way, there's still traffic as as you know, the auto flipper uh, can help with. Oh, yes, of course. But unfortunately, the, the great American road trip adventure is a thing of the past. 
unless if you're in a whole lot of desolate uh, areas, and I'm sure there are around the country, but based in PNW uh, with Interstate 5 and Interstate 90, I don't see any, other than if you go into the county, mm. uh, floodwaters notwithstanding, it's really tough to find an open road where you can get a thousand miles uh, clocked to be able to enjoy the road trips. So I'm just going to go sad because why not? I'm going to be a rabble rouser. AJ, <laughs> rather sad. So I'm on the opposite side. I'm going to say this is rad, um, largely because the thing that I love about Marquez, and it is a long episode. The thing is, is that like he takes his tone to technology to what this be, what these kind of vehicles are. They are a new piece of technology, and kind of demystify a lot of things about American culture and in, in vehicles in like the identity of them. You know, does a Tesla say? What does a Tesla say about me? No, no, no. Just literally, can it go a thousand miles? What type of pain points? No differently than if I were to say like substitute car with insert technology. Does it have the battery to do this? What is the workflow? And like I said, it was a different take than I'm used to because most of the time we get hung up on either a CEO taking a tweet and that's what we're talking about or the design aesthetic. No, no, no. brass tacks. It has to serve a utility. Does it or doesn't it? Does it get the job done? Exactly. I can see that. So that, that's why I say, it, you know, I think rad for the podcast and rad for, you know, EVs in general, because it is an up, 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 up booming technology. All right. Well, MKBHD, I subscribe to you on uh, a non-YouTube platform so I can watch your videos. AJ is going to subscribe to you on the podcast. So there you go. Um, next on the rad or sad, I'm going to go with on James Street. Trader Joe's, rad or sad, AJ? Okay. <laughs> Come on now. Um, yeah, like I don't know, like rad or sad on Trader Joe's. That Mia uh, is not rad no, or sad. I know, I know. Uh, I'm guessing I'm gonna go with rad. Uh, and I why? Mean, I don't have any beef with Trader Joe's. Like, I mean, they're a grocery store and they're in a community, so you can walk and get your groceries and you're in that community. Like, cool. I'm going to go with Rad because okay. uh, they have decent prices for the single portion type uh, of, of vittles. Oh, true. That, true. Uh, that a, a single person, maybe not for the family with, you know, a couple kiddos and stuff, that, uh, that can be a whole lot of stuff. But I think from a, a one-off, hey, I'm feeling like I want to get something healthy because a lot of their food uh, stuffs are healthy, I would imagine. Um, I think that there's I, how they choose the buildings to go into you notice they don't have the huge uh warehouse style right. uh dwellings they're not costco implied claustrophobia <laughs> with these small carts and how you could get to navigate around that's just due to demand i'm gonna go with rad just because hey trader joe's uh glad you're there despite what they all say about oh by the way if you can avoid the parking lot good luck Valid. Uh, go for it going green it's not easy being green. I prefer, uh, you know. Well, it just it's just a growing trope. Like, you know, kind of going, I've got a little bit of a theme with everything with okay. my rads or sads. But like, you know, the like a company saying that they are going green. Pick any company. I, I'm, I'm going to poke fun at Apple as soon as you give me your response. But the term going green and companies taking a stance of going green, rad or sad? <sighs> I'm going to go with sad. And here's why. Uh, I think it's an overused trope, an idiom that uh, will help a business gain credibility. Y if for Apple to hit us over the head with a hammer saying, we're, we're sustainable, we're sustainable in every 
keynotes and every presentation they make about new technology. We only used recycled blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Uh, no CO2 emissions or, or stuff like that. We care about your privacy. I just don't have that level of trust. Now, if we're going to really go green and be sustainable, we're going to be fishing things out of the dumpster, repurposing and recycling them. We're going to be going to those discount uh, secondhand stores to be able to buy something that was donated by someone else or consigned by someone else. The reuse factor is the case. To create new products that is that are quote unquote sustainable, I need a little bit more convincing. And hey, I'm open to have my mind changed. I'm open to have my uh, perspective altered. That's that's cool. Come at me, bro. Um, <laughs> not not literally, but anyway, um, I you know I don't I don't I don't I don't want to get into arguments with people. But I'm going to just say sad because I think it's walk the walk. You're going to talk about going green. Well, let's see some evidence of this in a way that here's some dollars and cents and what you're actually saving and. Uh, the contributions of, of avoiding or the lack of contributions for landfills for your byproducts in creating these products. I really like, would like to learn more about that. Yeah. AJ. So I'm going to take, uh, so I'm going to say rad. And the reason is because I think uh, going into my, my third pick, it'll kind of flesh out a little bit. I think the term going green, especially coming out of like COP26, the whole like global thing, I think it is going to take a different stance. By the way, let me interrupt. Uh, for those of uh, the, the four listeners out there that we have, that, that one of them may not be familiar with COP26, like me. Uh, what does COP26 COP, mean? COP or COP26. That's that big global summit that happened in Glasgow where all the the G20 uh, or the the, the big um, economies of the world came together to try to set um, set the second part of like the Paris Accord oh, for, okay. uh, for, for green and, and uh, carbon emissions, et cetera. Climate overall perspective 26. Bingo. Gotcha. Go ahead. So, so I think out of that, because the, it does, you know, depending on, on how you subscribe to, to the news, I think the, the general buzz coming out of it was there was a lot of talk what are we going to physically do? What are the outcomes that we can expect that is going to make an impact? And next steps, please. Like that was kind of the tone that I saw mm -hmm. uh, from, from both sides. And coming out of this, Hodinkee Magazine had a feature about Apple, you know, being basically the largest watch manufacturer of the world now. And I'm not rad about that. I'm rad at the, uh, at the fact that more and more people are looking at more archaic technologies in the vein of we used to be able to repair things we used to be able to maintain something and the 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 disposable consumeristic society that we have developed for capitalism albeit that is good for a, a, an economy of scale we now know is not sustainable so i'm I, i'm rad on the fact that i think going green is going to have a different connotation moving forward i don't think it's going to be like you just said where it's going to stay you know, you know, Apple now has 99.9% .9 arsenic uh, glass in their devices. Cool. Can I have my device for 10 years? Is it going to be supported so that I don't have to go out and get the new shiny.org? What uh, Apple is doing, and here's a knucklehead technologist who doesn't know what he's talking about right here. Um, they're actually the world's largest leader, leader in rechargeable wearable devices. Yeah. When you're talking about a watch, we, you have watches. I have watches that, based on a battery replacement or self-winding, depending on which kind you choose, 
could last for longer generations, centuries. The implied obsolescence of current technology is not future-proofing. And they don't keep that future proofing in mind. How could you be talking about being sustainable and not having an impact on the environment when you have an implied ticking time frame of of a of you know a countdown to obsolescence in which the consumer would dispose of it? Right. Golly, we're going uh, deep, deep yeah. on this one. Yes, but that's the per rather sad. All right. Uh, my third rather sad, and this one is you know taking a, a turn away from Bellingham. Uh, comments in online articles or social media posts, AJ. Sad. Why? Oh my gosh. As a content creator of over a decade, comments are the worst. I have been trolled. I have been called out. And it's always those comments that are the ones that stick in a creator's craw more so than the positivity. You, you know, pick any, any medium, whether it's a podcast or being a vlogger or being a uh, 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 anything, any type of content creation, comments are always fraught with peril. So, uh, sad. Okay, I'm I'm actually going to go rad. Say and, what? Yeah, exactly. Uh, so I'm also a content creator. However, I have eliminated so many avenues of social media. Is that me being a hypocrite? Perhaps. But here's the thing: when I see comments made by people, at least those who are identified with their name. I get to know a little bit more about that person. Oh, you're sharing with me more about yourself. Something, some information that you may not be sharing in your typical in-person social exterior. You probably wouldn't be saying these words if I was in the same room with you. You probably wouldn't be saying these words if you knew that you would be uh, being served with a quick and, and, and fast rebuke, or at least a response. I get to know more about what is going on inside of you, the hurt that may be there, the brokenness, the unresolved frustrations based from your uh, traumatic childhood. This is rad because now I get to know more about these people that are calling you, AJ, a poopy head. <laughs> That's nice. And, and for those who will be lighting me up on Twitter saying Chris Powell uh, is a horrible podcaster. That's totally cool. Opinions vary. Sure. But I get to know more about that as far as the comments. Some of them are actually uh, informative where I can learn uh, a different perspective than what the, sure, sure. the actual article or the original post uh, uh, contains. But I'm going to go with Rad on that one. What a lovely segue into, I believe, your favorite segment of the show. <laughs> yes, quality assurance, because these picks are picked for you by Agent Marseille and Chris Powell for your quality assurance. That's right. You go first on this one, homie. Well, that was a hard pivot. Okay, so uh, I've got a documentary for people to check out, and it's called The Alpinist. So there's a bit of a, a Pacific Northwest hook into the the Alpinist. Um, the climber's name is Mark Andre, and he uh, grew up in the Coquitlam, uh, uh, Squamish area of uh, uh, British Columbia, Vancouver. So not too far f uh, from us here in, in Bellingham. It is a story of a, a Alpinist climber um, who solos very big mountains. Uh, I don't want to go into too great a detail if you haven't checked out the the film because you need to sit down and watch it because i don't want to spoil anything but if you're not familiar with the term alpinism um if you may have watched a, another documentary by an excellent climber uh alex honnold um on free solo a lot of people look at him as that's bananas why would you ever climb a big mountain without a rope that's a suicide attempt and he comes at it from a perspective much like anybody who is part of the mountain culture 
of purity and performance and all this other jazz. And if you thought Alex was crazy, when you watch The Alpinist, you're going to think a whole new level of crazy. Because imagine doing, Alex is doing a climb much like a ballet. It is rehearsed. Every movement is perfect. And the mountain is perfect. The conditions are perfect. It is literally, in his essence, perfect. It is to achieve perfection as a human. Whereas in The Alpinist, you see the same type of ethos, but in chaos, because the mountain does not care about you. And this individual climbs all conditions all year solo, no rope, mixed climbing. That means using ice and, you know, uh, free climbing. It is bananas. But when you watch it, it's, it's, it's an interesting, I, I, I will prepare you for a culture shock in, in, in rock, basically. Not hard rock, but climbing rock. So that's all I'm going to say. All right. Check it's out a, The Alpinist. It sounds like it. a very so anyway, interesting story. Yes. Uh, for my quality assurance, I have two. The first one is a not quite a documentary, but what they are calling a docu-series. Hmm. So I've always had good rever- uh, lots of reverence for the Beatles. Um, and there is, uh, coming on Thanksgiving Day, Disney Plus, one of the streaming options out there, will have a three-part docu-series called Get Back. And I watched a preview of this and it piqued my interest and I wanted to, and and it's quality as far as I'm concerned, because way back in the day, 50 some years ago, a film crew was given unprohibited access, complete access to the Beatles, John Paul, George Ringo. And the project that they were undertaking back a half century ago was to take in three weeks time, write, record, and perform at an entire new album of songs in three weeks time. That's bonkers. And evidently there was 57 hours of footage that was accumulated based on this, uh, you know, access. And it sat in a vault for 50 years. Ah, oh, that vault, that vault that every company seems to have. Yeah. Like, you know, if, if speaking of free solo, it's like Han Solo in Carbonite. It <laughs> is just sitting the there. For, yes, exactly. So I'm really intrigued in this uh, docuseries, but uh, whether or not you know who the Beatles are, if you've not, if you've never listened to them, or if you are a, a really huge fan, I think this is a story that this docuseries will kind of tell. From what I saw in the previews, there's a little bit of conflict, and we all like conflict as uh, decades of reality television have shown. The second part of my re, uh, quality assurance is what of the. I got to end on a happy note because we've had you know some tough times uh, this week in Whatcom County, and I want to end on a lighthearted note, so to speak. So on the Twitter, of which I really don't have much uh, of a presence, there is an account called at AI underscore metal underscore bot with an, with an account name, this band isn't real. <laughs> so basically, <laughs> on Twitter, and by the way, check out the Substack uh, link that we got for uh, the notes on how you can access this. This band isn't real has an artificial intelligence generator that creates heavy metal, death metal band names and album titles. This is a good use of AI. As this is one of the, this makes my heart happy that, you know, the, I love technology always and forever. This is case in point because for example, angry old men from New Jersey yes. is the name of a. <laughs> this band isn't real, but it's a metal band under hollow skies with the album. The wind brings demise. That just creates a darkness of in my life that I would love to hear some chug, chug, chug with. And Skylurker, 
Whispers from the Mist. What a wonderful dark metal band name and album name. But the best part about it, AJ, is I'm going to tie this full circle. From a technology standpoint, the, the band auto-generated name and the album great passwords oh yeah can you imagine ladies and gentlemen as you as i'm on the on the bandwagon to get you to update your personal email password sometime before the end of the year angry old men from new jersey that's a pretty good password to have that's solid the under hollow skies the wind brings demise if you can pound that out each time or save it in a password manager you got yourself a secure password anyway check out this band isn't real on twitter i think you'll be entertained and if you can look past the artwork of the death metal ilk yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe not suitable for all children based on the content of the artwork uh it's quite entertaining uh, from what you're seeing so that is my uh, quality assurance from uh, this episode that's all I got to say. Well, good. I'm going to make like an auto flipper and flip on the, the exit credits because that wraps up this edition of the Bellingham Podcast. Thank you again so much for listening to us, rating us, reviewing us, wherever you like to get our podcast. Remember, if you're in the Bellingham area, you might be listening to us on Camry 102.3 FM. I'm going to go at 0.75 as opposed to your 1.4 speed for that. They are community powered. I'm going to speed you up because I got to get this done. At KMRE.org. <laughs> Remember, if you want to get all the show notes, you can subscribe to us on Substack. We are at BellinghamPodcast.substack.com. On that note, from the city by the Salish Sea. And hopefully you're keeping dry. I'm AJ Barsay. And I'm Chris Powell. Thanks once again for joining us on episode 202, that palindrome episode backwards and forwards on the Bellingham Podcast. I think it's a double palindrome because this is coming out on November 21st, 2020. 20. No, I guess. Yeah, it is. No? 12-20. 12-21-21. Yeah, we got to record uh, one on December 20 for the yeah. palindrome one. <laughs>